Good morning, everybody. It is Wednesday, the 17th of June, and we have spent the day yesterday in cash watching the market go up 223 points or 3.9%. It can be very stressful not making anybody any money. At least we didn't lose a dollar, but we have found ourselves crossing messages, hoping that Wall Street didn't pop again, but it sort of did overnight. Looks like our market did most of the work yesterday. However, it is struggling to find direction today. It's mostly flat. We'll come to the strategy in a second, but let's just do the positives and negatives. Positives overnight, Powell said that on the whole, he and his colleagues do not expect a second wave. There's been a steroid treatment for severe cases of COVID-19, which appears to have some efficacy in a third of cases. Trump's expected to announce a trillion dollar infrastructure package aimed at 5G and rural broadband. Retail sales in May were up 18%, which was ahead of expectations, but that is still well down from the top. But it does add to the message from last month's jobs numbers that the US recovery seems to have started earlier than expected. Trade tensions eased a bit overnight as Pompeo meets Chinese officials and they do some compromise on travel standoff. The Dow has now rallied 1,446 points from the low three days ago, which sort of negates that 1,863 point drop in one day last week. The bulls are definitely back a bit. Dow futures this morning were down 160, but they seem to have come back into the positive today. And the Bank of America survey of global fund managers suggests there is a lot of money on the sidelines in fund managers' hands ready to invest. And finally, on that Financial Times chart of case numbers, Brazilian case numbers seem to be leveling out a little bit, which is interesting. On the negatives, Powell overnight reiterated that it is a long road ahead for the economic recovery. He also talked about the risks of stagflation or no inflation or inflation dropping below the Fed target. He also commented that they are not going to run through the corporate bond market like an elephant. If you remember yesterday or the day before, they announced that they were going to buy corporate bonds which really does it beggar, just beggars belief what the Fed is prepared to do. They are now underwriting all corporate debt. And if the, a company defaults, the taxpayer is going to pick up the bill. Where does all this end? Meanwhile, the FDA removed the emergency approval for hydroxychloroquine, if I pronounced that right. The Bank of America survey of global fund managers says 78% of fund managers think the equity market is more overvalued than it has been any time since the 1990s, and only 18% think the economic recovery will be V-shaped. Otherwise, record case numbers in six states in the U.S., See Texas hospitalizations up 8.3% to a record. Record cases in Florida. There's only one ICU bed left in Arizona. In Oklahoma, where President Donald Trump plans to hold an indoor campaign rally on Saturday, new cases rose by 68%. And finally, China reintroduces shutdowns as cases spike, and you'll see that on the charts. So to the strategy summary today, we are in no mood to do any buying If you look at the chart in the strategy piece today, despite the buying yesterday and over the last couple of days, there has still been a big top. It's not often you see these precipitous moments. We've seen three in the last year and we cashed out last year. We cashed out in February and we've cashed out again in the last week. It's not often you see the S&P 500 drop 6.9% in a day. That sort of volatility flashes danger and consequently we're still out. You'll also see on that chart that there has been a recent RSI and MACD sell signal, not that we're entirely chart-based, but all these technical sell signals are adding up. Yesterday, 
did little more despite the size of the rally up to 223.3.9%. If you look on the chart, it did little more than negate the previous drop. So net result is technically there's no reversal despite the recent buying, although I'm not sure we'd be buying even if there was one. All eyes on Powell again tonight. He's going to be talking for the second time, this time to the US House of Representatives Financial Services Committee, so he'll have more questions. There may be more revelations. And in summary, for now, we are happy to take time out on a dangerous and once again very volatile market. We have gone to 100% cash and we are reassessing it every day. We're not putting a stubborn stake in the ground and not buying anything on principle. We are prepared to buy individual stocks on their merits and trend. And we are retaining our watch lists and scanning for stocks worth buying despite our current market stance. Now, as promised, we have done some work on the anatomy of the recent fall, that is to say the fall since last week. It's all very well looking at the market and calling the market, but the reality is in order to make money, you need to look at the tides running under the market moves. So you need to see the themes. And if you analyze what is moving, you can pick up on the themes in the market and exploit them. And so it's very interesting to us to see what actually fell over last week when the market topped out. And rather than find a sort of bland result that wasn't very interesting, it's actually really interesting. There has been a significant rotation from recovery sectors to safe sectors. And even yesterday, the buying yesterday was mostly in safe sectors, not recovery sectors. Now, if you go to the strategy piece today, you'll see the top 50 stocks listed in order of how far they've fallen since the top last week and the next 50 and the worst of the rest. And it highlights the stocks that got sold off the most. And the observations are that getting sold off was energy. And I've listed the stocks there. Woodside, Santos, Origin, Morley's, Oil Search, REITs, Unibail, Rodamco, Centre Group, uh, Vicinity, Stockland, Travel, Sydney, Airports, Qantas, AIA, Flight Centre, Corporate Travel, Webjet, Financials, all the banks, Media and other COVID-19 affected stocks. Those are the stocks that were underperforming, outperforming, Healthcare, Cochlear, Sonic Healthcare, Medibank, Ansel, if that's uh, healthcare, and NIB Holdings, uh, Clinuval Pharmaceuticals, technology stocks, I'll come to those in a minute. Telecom stocks were doing well, Telstra, TPG, Hutchison, and Staples and Food, the old regulars, but particularly A2 Milk again going up, Metcash, even Treasury Wine Estates, Coles, and a couple of other stocks, FMG for instance, uh, FPH going up. The other observations was gold being sold off. You would think as the market fell over, gold would rally or be seen as a safe sector, but not so, which was a little bit odd, but we don't really muck around in the gold sector too much. But maybe the most significant issue over the last week is that technology wasn't sold off. Technology seems to be transcending its usual identity of dangerous, no earnings, high PE, market sentiment driven, dangerous sector. And dare I say it, it is perhaps morphing a little bit into the way the USC technology sector, which is, I dare not say it, safe, or at least more popular anyway. They didn't get sold down. The best performing stock or uh, stock still sitting on its all-time highs now is Afterpay. REA Group did okay. Zero. And on the uh, next level down, next DC car sales, Appen, all outperforming the market in the recent fall. Interesting that... Technology stocks don't seem to be this scary, volatile sector anymore. People seem to be warming to it and not selling it when they sell the market. So have a look at those tables. Otherwise, today on the technology 
theme, there is a good article on Livewire, which I've highlighted in the strategy piece, which is talking about a huge acceleration in digital transformation. These are basically the companies that have more significant growth potential because of a post-COVID-19 world, which will see a lot of business on the cloud. And it comes from Munro Partners, who are global fund managers. And I've always been very impressed by their presentations. They list the stocks that should benefit. In Australia, there are only a couple they mentioned, which is Zero and WiseTech, but have a read of that article. Good article. Finally today, I have put up a few emails that were appended to the bottom of one of my articles on Livewire. And it is clear that we are doing something quite unique with this cashing up to 100% thing. And it has attracted a fair bit of attention and a fair bit of criticism. And I've put a couple of those in today as well. But I'd just like to explain it to you. We took the decision that we would manage our money as we would manage our own money. We are actually invested in our own fund anyway, so it is our own money. But one of the things that happens when people come to the professional funds management world, especially those that have been through the GFC and have this one fear of a market collapse, is that the professional funds management world generally doesn't do anything about it because either they're too big, which really does hamstring them, and the big industry funds just can't fly or throw money around in the market the way we can. But often because fund managers are inactive, they're hiding in the long term or or they just haven't got the guts to sell even if they are allowed to sell. So there is no protection for most investors when they use a big fund manager or an inactive fund manager. And yet we feel that if it's our own money, we do get to points in the market where we say, oh, that's enough. We just, we just want to stand aside as we have done recently. And if we view our fund as our own money, then yes, there are those moments that occur and have occurred recently, three in the last year, where we step aside. And we are perhaps therefore a little bit unique in this, in that we are offering protection to especially those people who are fearful of a big market fall, that they know if they're in a big industry fund or a fund manager or an LIC they, or an ETF even, they just won't sell for them. So we are doing that for you. So we are perhaps one of the few fund managers that's providing some sort of insurance policy against the market falling over. Yes, we may use it occasionally like now, only to find the market bounces 3.9% the next day. And that may seem to be a mistake, but I think it is unique amongst fund managers and I don't think we're going to change that anytime soon and I would hope that any investors of ours and future investors of ours recognize that that is what we were doing that is what is different as well as tremendous hard work and a lot of experience we are prepared to sell and it is rare (laughs) 